Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Greetings and welcome and all those other words that mean hello to, I don't even know what we call it anymore. We'll say it's episode two of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, but it could also be, was it episode nine of the Hurricane Top Road Podcast? But we're not called that anymore. It is, as the name suggests, a podcast where I, Simon Miller, am going to talk to you about pro wrestling for a while. And it's basically going to feature and focus on things that have gone down this week in the world of pro wrestling. And I'm sure we'll get into some other things as well. But... Before we do that, a quick note as always, if you would like to uh, support the podcast anyway, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash forward. No, that's not right. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And we hit a milestone the other day. So Simon Miller's video game podcast is going to launch soon. And if you would like to support me and we get to our next milestone, I do want to start the AMA podcast. Now, when I say the AMA podcast, I don't mean like a Reddit ask me anything where you know, famous people answer questions relative to them i literally mean it in the literal sense ask me anything so i just and literally i'll, I'll put a twi- uh, twitter account out there i'll put an email out there and you can just send questions to it anything you want could be relationship advice could be medical help but you shouldn't take whatever i say as you know as, <laughs> as gospel anything it can be however it was i won't read them i'll get a guest on We'll probably the video game podcast is fortnightly the wrestling podcast remain weekly and the ama will be fortnightly as well to balance it out and then yeah i'll just i'll just read and answer questions i just think it's going to be funny but it could be terrible as you heard as well we've got a new intro we've got a lovely lovely new intro for the podcast which makes it sound well professional and if you had subscribed to the youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash lee forward slash the miller no wait youtube.com forward slash c forward slash the Miller Report rules, there you go, you would have heard that on that episode that went up last week. And that's only because it got delivered to me after I'd already put the one up here. So you can still go subscribe to it if you want, and you can get a bunch of nonsense there. But let us talk about this week in wrestling. Now, it only seems appropriate, before we get into Raw Smackdown and the Superstar Shake-Up, and oh, I never want to hear that again, the Superstar Shake-Up, I feels like we need to talk about the JBL Moro Ronaldo situation in WWE because that has pretty much dominated everything over the last seven days. And if you don't know, Moro Ronaldo basically vanished from SmackDown commentary a few weeks ago. And it certainly seems to be, well, the reason for it certainly seems to be that JBL bullied him over a tweet. And who else knows? I don't want to get into that the specifics too much because I don't know what the specifics are, although it does seem very likely that the, you know, the, the long and the short of it is that, yes, JBL bullied Mauro Lana out of the company. Now, if you followed any kind of, like, backstage WWE news over the last that's 10 to 15 years, you know that kind of ribbing or practical jokes are a big thing. And I, I know, for one, I sometimes have read those stories and thought to myself, that seems a bit much. <laughs> You know, if someone did that to me, I think I may, uh, I don't know, it it just, some of the stories sounded a bit crazy, I guess, as opposed to, haha, that's a funny rib, but there are funny rib stories as well, 
such as when Al Snow wrote Val Venus's phone number on the sign he had for Pepper, his lost dog. And that's actually quite a funny rib. And while at the time I'm sure Val Venus was annoyed about it, there's no malice there. Whereas on the other side, you know, the impression is that there is some malice. And so much so that Morolano, <coughs> I can never pronounce his name properly, but Morolano, not right. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Who has been very open about his struggles with depression and bipolar, clearly, you know, struggled with whatever happened to the point he's gone. And it doesn't look like he's coming back if anything is going to change. And I just think that's a huge shame. Like, I'm not going to cast aspersions on anybody because innocent till proven guilty and everything that I, th I think we've all got at the moment is still circumstantial. It certainly seems that way, although it's probably leading over into more than likely the truth. I just think bullying of any kind is terrible. I mean, that's no surprise, be it in wrestling or whatever. Like, I was bullied in school, and it sucked. And I'm sure a lot of you listening to this were bullied in school as well. And it sucked, because bullying sucks. Like, it, it, sh no, it shouldn't happen to anyone. No one deserves to be bullied. And, you know, nine times out of ten, the person doing the bullying is only doing it because they are, you know, they have low self-esteem. They don't want to get bullied themselves, and they realize that. So they put themselves in a position to be... The alpha male. And if you are a subscriber to Wrestling Observer, which I strongly advise, you know, if you don't want to put any money in my Patreon pot, which is basically a subscription service, <coughs> excuse me, I would highly suggest putting it in the Wrestling Observer pot because what they do is great. But if you listen to any of that, you know, they, Dave Meltzer especially seems to insinuate that JBL is that type of person. Like he's all, you know, willing to dish it out but he's not willing to receive it back, which is why he blocks a lot of people on Twitter. <laughs> Apparently, he's gone to the level of installing some kind of algorithm that will even block people who reference JBL and Ronaldo in the same tweet, even if they don't at them, which is a whole other level of who knows what. But you would assume he's done that because he just can't handle the chatter around this. So he's all well and good to dish it out, but now it's come back on him in a negative way. You know, he wants to get out of Dodge. And I just, I don't think that kind of action or behavior is appropriate in any situation. There are some people that like that kind of back and forth, and that's cool, but you should always treat people on their own terms. So, you know, if you know Mauro Ronaldo and he's clearly not the type of person that would enjoy that, you don't then continue doing it because you get some kind of sick pleasure out of it. That's probably the time to be an adult and say, okay. Because, I mean, you want any kind of situation or company or atmosphere to be good. You want people to look forward to coming to work you want people to feel motivated. And the quickest way to take or to stop that is to have bad working practices. And I hate the thought of anyone. You, we, we've all had that feeling where you just want the ground to swallow you up and you feel tiny inside. And all of a sudden, you know, the world grows by about 42 feet and you feel, you know, absolutely just, just awful. And, and, you know, you, you feel like a child. And nobody should have to feel like that, especially when you're in a company like WWE. Because, you know, Morrow, that was one of his dreams. One of his dreams was, I want to get to the WWE, and he made it. And to have to leave under these kind of circumstances, I think, is really, really sad. Especially when we're talking about grown adults. Kids are kids. You know, what, what do you do? Kids are stupid. You know, they don't really know what they're doing. But when you get to a certain age of maturity or level of adulthood, to still be doing that, to the point that you're going to force somebody out of a company. And I'm sure there's rights and wrongs on both sides. But that is really the, the, the long and the short of it. I just think it's really upsetting. It's really sad. You don't want to make anybody ill either. And clearly Morrow took off time to deal with whatever personal issues he was going through. Because of this, I don't know. I just don't like it. It's, just, it's always bad as well when these stories dominate 
the wrestling world, especially in a week which was quite fun in pro wrestling, or in WWE anyway. I didn't catch up with much else this week, so I'm still completing my move. But my home studio is set up now. If you need more information about that, you can go listen to last week's podcast. So hopefully this sounds good. I'm sure there'll still be some issues that I'll listen to back later and go, sugar, I need to fix that. Um, but yeah, you know, it has been an interesting, somewhat intriguing, exciting week in WWE. And to have negative stories such as this take over everything, I just think it's really sad and it's really unfair on everybody involved because that's not what you want that's not what anybody wants so unfortunately i mean I, I think todd phillips is all right aside from instagram messages he sends to people but in terms of a commentator i think he's quite good but this isn't the way you want someone like that to be inserted and somebody else to leave but as we're talking about commentators that seems like a good way to segue into the superstar shake-up and you know we had a commentary trains byron saxton went to went to smackdown and uh flippinick David Otunga's come to Raw. I actually don't like that trade. I am one of these people that doesn't think that Byron Saxton is that bad at all. I think he understands his role. Um, oh, somewhat ironically, his role is to be bullied. But again, that's a fun kind of bullying. The, you know, the, the one-liners and quips that Corey Graves throws his way are, are you know, nothing. They're, they're, they're silly things. And Byron Saxton does, does throw the occasional retort back. And he is quite good. I mean, I'm not saying he's the, one of the best color commentators ever. But he doesn't wind me up like he does some people. I think he understands and plays his role very well. As for David Otunga, I don't, I don't think he plays, his, he plays his role well at all. He's the complete antithesis to that. I just, you know, I, I don't know why he's still on commentary. If you want to keep him in the company, fine. But play to his strengths. I don't think commentary his strengths. But I actually quite enjoyed the raw commentary team. I thought Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton had good chemistry together. And while the SmackDown one probably didn't have the same, I think it's of detriment to the Raw product to break them up. And putting Antonga onto that show is going to make that worse. I don't. Th I mean, maybe Corey Graves can help him get better, but I don't think so. I don't have any confidence in that. And now, after all the JBL stuff, I don't want Byron Saxon to get bullied. That will suck. I think he seems like a nice guy to me. So, I mean, ultimately, it probably makes no difference. It shouldn't really have three-man comedy booths anyway. Two would be better. And it will make the shows feel fresher. I know that sounds weird, but even hearing a new voice, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to, it's going to make it feel different because you, you get into such a pattern with these things that when that pattern is broken, you're forced to sit up and take notice because your brain is instantly like, oh, wait, this isn't what I was expecting. So it, it's good in that sense. It will probably breathe a bit of life subconsciously in, into each show. But starting with Raw, I mean, I probably missed some here. But as far as I can remember, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Kurt Hawkins, Callisto, Apollo Crews, Heath Slater, and Rhino all made the jump to Raw. Now, that is far more than just a little shake-up. That, in a way, is the draft, which apparently we're still getting this year, which I imagine they'll postpone now, because you can't do it in June. In April, you can't move 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 people. How many to SmackDown move? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, apparently 11 to SmackDown. We'll get to that. But you can't move 10 people and do another draft in June two months later. So maybe they'll do that for sort of maybe around Survivor Series or maybe a bit before September, October. Kind of, you know, put it in the middle of things in terms of where WrestleMania lands and do it again. But I do think there are some smart decisions in there. Ambrose moving to Raw is a really good call. Even though it just drew a line under his Baron Corbin feud after he lost, which was stupid. There's no two ways about it. Ultimately, nobody cared about their feud. That's the truth. I don't know anybody that sat down and said, I'm really enjoying the Dean Ambrose 
Baron Corbin feud. And that's mostly because no emphasis or weight was put on it. It was on the pre-show at WrestleMania, which takes away importance. The IC title at this stage is just, I mean, it's worthless because they just do not shine a big enough spotlight on it. So we're actually, you know, trying to get him back to where he was last year. This is the way you do it because he instantly has new feuds. He feels like a star because he is a star. And when he's portrayed as a big deal about making the jump, people are reminded, oh, right, he is a star. But it depends what they do with him now. It certainly does appear as if he's going into a feud with The Miz, although this may have just been a skit for TV. And do you want to see The Miz versus Ambrose? Especially because later on in the night, The Miz lost to Sami Zayn, which I thought was very strange as well. I mean, I didn't want Sami Zayn to lose either, but The Miz right now coming at the back of WrestleMania was one of the biggest stars WWE had, or at least had momentum, even though he lost. And then to make him lose his first night in, you're like... I don't really get it. Whereas, you know, on the other end of the stick, Dean Ambrose fought Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose won and Kevin Owens had to leave with his tail between his legs. So, I mean, maybe you do Dean Ambrose versus The Miz. But the problem with Dean Ambrose versus The Miz is we've done this shakeup to create new feuds and then we're going to have two former SmackDown guys go at it. That's ridiculous. I would much rather see... I mean, obviously you have the potential for the Shield reunion again, but I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. So I would much rather see Dean Ambrose take on... Who on earth is even on the Raw show that that would work with? I can't even think. I can't even think off the top of my head. Who is it? Because he has to work with a good heel over the IC, IC title. And nobody jumps into my head. Anyway, if you know anything, you know, drop me a line. Twitter at Simon316, comment section on YouTube, whatever. But I thought the opening segment to Raw was great. If the Miz's gimmick for a while is just going to be, you know, I am John, I'm going to pretend to be John Cena. I'm all right with that. Because you can get, you know, a good, I'd say a couple more months out of that before it gets a bit boring. And then John Cena could even come back and kick his ass. I mean, you don't need to see that. I doubt Cena will leave SmackDown. I imagine he'll be on SmackDown for a while. But there is stuff you can do there. Like I said, I just didn't get what the point of drafting someone like The Miz over and then having him lose to, to Sami Zayn was. And while we're on Sami Zayn, even after the he had a skit with Kurt Angle on Raw, where Kurt Angle said, I'm definitely not going to trade you. And then surprise, surprise, he moved to SmackDown. It was, to me anyway, that seemed night and day just because you had to move some people over to SmackDown that had some name value. And while they don't treat Sami Zayn as well as I know some of us would like, he still does have, he still has name value, mostly because of what he did in NXT. And he's really good. And when you're really good, you're always going to have... It's like Dolph Ziggler. I imagine that anybody else that had been booked the way Dolph Ziggler had would probably be fired. But he always has this... He always has some form of popularity. And I'm not saying that uh, Sami Zayn's going to... Maybe I am saying he's going to get to that level because he probably will. But I am saying that, you know, because he's so good and because he will always have this pocket of people that want to watch him, he'll always be, at least to some degree, considered worthwhile. Uh, what he does now. It's a shame that Kevin Owens and him are both on the same show now because I actually thought maybe finally we're not even going to get the threat of those two having matches. But I, I bet your ass. I bet my ass. Bet everybody's ass. That that's exactly what happens. And we have to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Where was it? Is it road, not Roadblock? What was it last year? Was it Payback? Maybe it was Payback last year. So it was a year ago. A year ago, we were told we're never going to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn again. And I think we've seen it six times since then. And now they're on the same brand. So we may even see it again, which is... Oh, who even cares? Does it even matter? Probably not. Which, of course... Brings us to Bray Wyatt, who made his re-raw debut on a, on, a, on a video screen. Now, the rumor is, is that AJ Styles is going to go to Raw. 
And then for whatever reason, somebody made the call. No, 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 we should send Bray Wyatt instead. And that's fine. My only problem with this is at payback, we now have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the SmackDown title on a Raw show. So that's confusing and convoluted straight away. And on top of that, there is just no way that Bray Wyatt is winning that match. I mean, he could do because people have said, oh, he can't because Brock Lesnar is Raw champion. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar isn't really on the show. Brock Lesnar could come back on SmackDown if you wanted to do that. And you could easily tell some, some kind of garbage story about why that was. But Bray Wyatt won't win that title because Bray Wyatt doesn't win titles. And WWE have already underlined that he's going into a feud with Finn Balor. Now, could we have Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt for the SmackDown title? Yes. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's in their plans. I think their plans are to build Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman at the pay-per-view after payback. And your Raw main event for that will be Roman Reigns versus payback, which we'll get to. And then SmackDown. I mean, I was going to say, you. I thought AJ Styles was going to be the man to go after Randy Orton. But he won a number one contender match for the US title. Because if Kevin Owens beats Chris Jericho at payback, he's going to SmackDown. Now, for starters, what a mess. I mean, even saying that out loud, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I don't know. Who, so, who's Randy Orton's next opponent? Wyatt's going to be off the show. He's done. He's gone. AJ Styles apparently is going to feud with the US title for a while. Although Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles, unless we are going fully fledged with this AJ Styles face turn, which we haven't totally yet, is two heels. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, cause the other thing, we've got Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler. That genuinely seems like it's a feud, and that's fine. Dolph Ziggler's a name. Nakamura can beat him, and they'll have good matches. Then Nakamura can go on to fight the champion, whoever that may be. But moving White now, because I thought their program with him and Orton was going to go on for a while, I'm, it's, it's, I'm doing it again. But who on earth is Orton going to... It's probably a name I'm just completely forgetting. Because, I mean, the people that moved to SmackDown were Byron Saxton, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Shining Stars, Jinder Mahal... Tamina, Charlotte, Sinkara, Rusev, Lana, The New Day. And I think that's it. Now, Rusev, I love Rusev, if you don't know. He's amazing. I don't think he's going to be ready anytime soon. But I would see Orton, well, I'd like to see Orton versus Rusev for the world title. I don't actually think that's the worst thing in the world. I think it would be very fun. But I, it, it, it seems like strange moves just based on the fact that it does kind of let you know where feuds are heading. And that's not the end of the world because more often than not, you can work it out. You know, you can work out who's going to win this and who's going to... If Ambrose and Sane on SmackDown, I assume Corbin would eventually have won the IC title. And if they thought there were enough legs in it, WWE would have carried it on and then Ambrose would have won it back. Fine. You know, absolutely fine. That's not a problem. But the Wyatt one, I just think it pulls the rug out of it. You know what? They could surprise me. They could surprise all of us. And Wyatt wins the House of Horror match. He wins the title and he brings it to Raw. It's a great story to tell. I don't think anybody would be against it, but I just can't see it happening. Because we were not going to know what's going on with Brock Lesnar by then. So, you know, the title's going to feel held up. That's going to devalue it, even though it would be intriguing. And I think people would enjoy it. I don't think it's something that WWE are going to do. So you're like, well, why did you do this? I guess because you had to, because you said, we're going to do a superstar shakeup tonight. And if your decision was why, like, we've got no choice. It's very strange. And it was fun. And both shows were really exciting because you never knew who were going to come out. But then when they did come out and you kind of, you know, the adrenaline died down, it was a bit like... Is this, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? I tell you it was a good idea on a tangent before we get back to it. I thought everything between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman was just tremendous. And I think the job WWE has done with Braun, if a year ago I had told you that any of us would have been huge fans of Braun Strowman, I think I would have been laughed at the building and told never to come back in. The door would have been locked. People would have chucked pitchforks at me, taken my passport, ripped it up, and basically said, Simon, you're no longer to be a part of the human race. 
because you've said something it's, it's so stupid we don't deem you worthy enough to be part of this clan known as humans but here we are in april 2017 and braun Strowman is not only one of the most entertaining things on raw but you start looking at him going i like you braun Strowman. i think i'm happy to get behind you and cheer you i even think i'd be happy for you to have a world title run at this stage i mean he's still got loads to learn but he's learning so quickly and so well and understanding more and more about what he's meant to do. And he also feels fresh because everybody these days is not a big guy. You know, we've, we've all talked and established that WWE is headed in a different direction. So now when you do have a super big dude kicking ass, it just feels different and it feels exciting. And that is what Braun Strowman did. On Raw, not only did he beat up Roman Reigns for about 47 minutes, he picked up an ambulance with Roman Reigns inside and flipped it over. Now, yeah, I know... There's all these reports online going, they used hydraulics. I don't actually think that Braun Strowman picked up a vehicle. But just let me take a step back, suspend my disbelief, and believe that he did within the realms of the story. What a badass. And how WWE could ever think that he was going to get booed because of this is beyond me. You're not going to boo a man that is unapologetic about kicking ass and kicks everybody's ass. It was so good that any damage they'd done at, um, at Fast Lane when Roman Reigns beat him or at the Royal Rumble, when he got thrown out of that battle roar in about 30 seconds. It's all been undone. And he's a monster again. And already, I want to see what he's going to do next week. WWE did announce, I think Roman Reigns had basically cracked a nail. That was, that was the equivalent of, given his injury, or given the severe beating, the injuries that revealed was the equivalent of, oh, he's just, he just, he just snapped a nail and he bruised his thigh. But he'll be fine. I mean, he should be out for months, but he is going to be at payback. I mean, the question now is, you know, the way WWE likes to do things, or so it seems, is that whoever gets that much of an upper hand ultimately loses the match because they see that as balanced and 50-50 booking. But if Braun Strowman's going into a program with Brock Lesnar coming out of payback, he can't lose to Roman Reigns. can't lose to Roman Reigns and go, I'm just going to have a World Championship match. Well, clearly that's not yours. Clearly that's, uh, that's Roman Reigns because he beat you even after you tipped him over with an ambulance in it. So hopefully, you know, Braun Strowman wins that. But then what do you do with Roman? What do you do with Roman? And why, why even have him been beaten up this much? My biggest worry is that when he was talking about the Undertaker stuff, he deliberately tried to not justify it, but show that he wasn't pleased about retiring the Undertaker, which means they're not going full on heel with this. And that to me seems like such a wasted opportunity. Like if you've just had someone beat the Undertaker, one of the best wrestlers in the history of wrestling, for the second time only at WrestleMania, you don't want to use that as a catalyst to bigger things. I don't get it. He wasn't, you know, he was kept behind the scenes for the, for all of this Raw because I think people just knew he's going to get booed. And if he, if he, I just don't get it. I mean, apparently he does sell good merchandise. So that's why you keep him heel. But at the same time, I don't see why you give up that second loss to Taker and not use it to try and create something else. Because at the moment, aside from just getting booed and all that, Roman Reigns is the same person. And I don't, that, that seems mad to, to give him such a big win and to change his center of gravity and his gravitas so much and go, but we'll just carry on as usual. Then why did you do it? What did you think it was going to achieve? Because it was never going to... You know, One of the decisions you definitely could have crossed off was, if we do this, he will be cheered. That was never going to happen. He was never going to be cheered. If you beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, you're an instant bad guy. That's just how it works. It's just how it works. So yeah, I'm interested to see where they're going with Roman Reigns. I really don't know what the plan or the point is anymore. They clearly don't see him as a, as a mega heel, which is a shame because I think he has the potential and the acting chops and the skills to do it. I think Braun Strowman is going to is going to come out of all this 
I mean, they probably lose to Brock Lesnar, but they have a great fight. They'll probably beat the crap out of each other. And given where we are now to where we were 12 months ago, I think he really could come out of this strong. I think he could be one of the biggest, you know, uh, dudes, not literally, figuratively as well, in uh, in the WWE for ages. I really do, because he's come on, he's, he's a year in. I think before he even debuted, he only had like uh, two matches. So I'm pretty sure he's maximum, say, two years into his career. And he's already making waves like this. You never know. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Steve Austin. But I'm saying he could be, you know, he could be much more of a star than anyone ever thought he would be, especially when he turned up in the Wyatt family. Good thing he got, I'm just saying, he, you know, progressed better when he disassociated himself with the Wyatt family. Because the Wyatt family don't win. The Wyatt family lose, and apparently they're allowed to lose because the characters are good. It's not true. All that does is paint them as losers. That's what happens. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and get a pen and paper. I want you to write down Bray Wyatt. I want you to write down all the feuds he's in, or has been in, and I want you to tell me one that he's won. I'll be here waiting. I already know the answer to this. I'm sure you already know the answer to this as well, but if you don't, a little, little bit of homework for you. See how you get on. Gold star, smiley faces, ready to be doled out for people that do well. And we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Other than that, Raw was more about, you know, you, you not knowing which stars were going to come out. And that was fun, you know, rather than the draft where you get told and somebody comes on screen. I did enjoy the whole, oh, so-and-so's here. But it did lead, there were other things we didn't need to talk about, mainly Jinder Mahal versus Finn Balor, Finn Balor where, uh, <laughs> where Jinder, who is on SmackDown now, thought, hey, I'm leaving Raw. Let's punch Finn, well, let's elbow Finn Balor really hard in the head and knock him out and give him a concussion. I worry, you know, does that come down badly on Finn Balor? Like, I know if anyone gets smashed in the face enough, you're probably going to get a concussion. But given that you've only been back from injury for a week, uh, yeah, from injury for a week and you got injured again, I mean, does that put a black mark next to his name even though it's not his fault? I don't really know how WWE works in that sense. But I know that has happened before. Like, we can't trust this guy. So don't put him, you know, don't put belts on him and all that kind of stuff. And he's only been back a week, and now he's been, he's, he could be off the shelf again. I mean, concussion is what, a few weeks minimum? I'd be intrigued by that. But, uh, you know, that that was fine. We set up feuds with Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe, which we kind of expected, and that's fine. I think they'll, they'll, they'll do well together. I thought Seth was all right on Raw. I've read a lot of stuff saying, oh, you know, he was a bit hoo-ha, hoo-rah, babyface. But I thought he did what he had to do in the sense he, he underlined that he beat Triple H and played a part in Stephanie going through a table at WrestleMania. And he should do stuff like that. Because beating Triple H at WrestleMania and putting Stephanie Mann through a table and taking her off TV is a big deal. Like, it was done to elevate Seth Rollins and therefore he should keep reminding everyone so we can say to ourselves, he did do that. He beat Triple H. So I thought that was fine. I, I, I was all right with that. Uh, you know, main event, as we talked about, Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens lost. Not the biggest fan of that, but, you know, does it make a difference? Kevin Owens is on SmackDown anyway, so it's like hit him refresh. I don't think it makes much of a difference. I did want, I mean, like I say, it probably looks like it's going to be AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. But when I heard that, when I saw that Kevin Owens had gone across, my first hope was that we're going to do Nakamura versus Kevin Owens. It's a match I never knew I wanted until I realized they're on the same brand. I think it'd be really good. I think the difference of styles and the different personalities would be a, a great fit. But, you know, I, I, that's why I think a lot of people that have gone to SmackDown are good. I mean, AJ Styles against any of those guys, obviously, like I want to see it. 
But then it's stuff like that. I mean, Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. You're probably not going to do it, but you did do it in NXT. So you could tell that story again, even if it's just for one pay-per-view. You could say, oh, they had this brutal match and now, you know, they're going at it again. I hope they don't do Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. We've seen it. And then everybody else that went across. I'm intrigued to see what happens with Rusev and Lana when they come back. Like, they feel forgotten at this point. And that's because they are. Because obviously Rusev went away to be injured and they because he was injured and he needed surgery. And they clearly thought, well, we may as well keep Lana off TV as well. And that way when they when they come back, they can feel fresh again. And that makes sense. But who they come back and fight, I don't know. I mean, I really do think a world title program around the Orton would be good. I really do think there'd be something there. But then ultimately he doesn't win that. So does it help him? I'm not so sure. But it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think the more or less the... The trades are good. I like Charlotte on Raw on SmackDown because she does feel like a big deal on Raw. Like I knew she was. I knew it was an important move because when they announced that she'd left, I was kind of sad she wasn't going to be on Raw anymore. But that's good because that underlines that she's good and you know that she's a top. She feels like an important person, so that will help SmackDown going the other way. The New Day on SmackDown, you just got a promo saying they're coming soon. I think that's important because I don't know what else they could have done on Raw. They fought and feuded and beaten everybody. Apart from the Hardys, but you're never going to do that. That's two face versus face. It's just not going to happen. And now, you know, you sent Heath Slater and Rhino the other way. So in that sense, you've strengthened SmackDown's tag team division because the New Day are far more important than Heath Slater and Rhino, even though that may make some of you sad. But then again, American Alpha did lose on... T- Who the hell did they lose to on TV this week? Or get beaten? Was it the Shining Stars? Did the Shining Stars actually... Hang on. I think now I feel like I've been, I've been sick this week and now I feel like I'm having a brain aneurysm. I'm literally going to look this up live on air, which is the number one thing you're not supposed to do. I should have had this written down. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't. And now, of course, because I've got rubbish internet until my proper internet gets installed, it's really slow. But I could have sworn American Alpha got jobbed out to someone and I was like, really? Really? Or maybe I've gone crazy. Maybe I've gone crazy. They did lose to the Usos. I remember that. Yeah, they lost to the Usos in a championship match. But I could have sworn it was because somebody ran in. Am I making that up? You're all there screaming now, going, Miller, this is really boring radio. We know this. The only person in this conversation that doesn't know is you, and you're in charge of the microphone. But I, I don't know. 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 But I, American Alpha at this point, uh, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't understand why they are deemed to be in the position that they are in. Because, you know, when they were in NXT, when they won those tag belts, oh my gosh, it was electric. It was absolutely electric. And when, you know, when they first came up as well, it did seem like they were trying to protect them. And then all of a sudden, like, nope. Yeah, that is what happened. After the Usos won, so no one even interfered, if I can remember correctly, I forgot something. So American Alpha lost, and then they got beaten up by the Shining Stars, who attacked Gable. Now, I like the Shining Stars. I actually think they have an upside that isn't allowed to get out. But that, that's not, that hasn't been sorted out yet. So in the eyes of the major fan, they're nothing. They're nobodies. They're jobbers. And they ran in and attacked American Alpha. I don't mind the Usos having the championships. I think the Usos are underutilized. If you've ever seen them on Total Divas, they've got low... You know, they're just a, they've got it. They've got that, that thing that you need to be pro wrestlers. But, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't get it. And who do the Usos feud with now? Maybe it is the New Day. Maybe have the Usos versus the New Day. It would be quite a good feud. 
You know what? That's what I do. I do the Usos versus the New Day. And that does balance out the Revival turning up on Raw as well because I actually think Raw tag team division right now feels stronger than ever. If you go through the teams like Gallows and Anderson, while probably needs a bit of a shake-up, they're amazing. They just are. They can always go in the ring. Enzo and Cass are over, so it doesn't matter what you think of their in-ring work. The fans love them. The Revival are great. I mean, they're probably the best in-ring guys. They've got along with the Hardys. Hardys are amazing in all, in all aspects. Sheamus and Cesaro are good. I mean, there's another tag team on there as well that I'm probably forgetting, to be honest. But that's a good that's a good raw tag team division. Like, there's a lot of solid people that you can have feuds and matches with, and you can have more than one, you know, should you so. Which, I mean, just having the Hardys there. The Hardys are, oh man, right now they feel like such a big act to me. You know, it really do, they really do feel like super, super, superstars, which is strange because, you know, they've been on, quote, unquote, the smaller, the smaller scene for a while. And now they're back on the main stage. Well, they feel bigger than they ever have done, which is a testament to both of them for what they did where they went away. Like, they're just... Oh, I love them. I, I, I absolutely love them. I just think they're, they're smart wrestlers who, who, who get it. And I've done a great job ever since they came back. And I said that they do have star power to them. And they really do make the, the Raw Tag Team division feel special, which is why, you know, filtering it out like they have is absolutely fine. And I'll be intrigued to see what they do. Like, I still believe, I think we may have said this last week, but I still believe that the Matt Hardy broken turn, for lack of a better term, is coming, as far as I'm concerned, at some point. Well, I mean, if they can sort everything out with um, with with TNA and things like that, and well, Anthem, I should say. If they can sort all that out and Matt Hardy can get the right... I mean, maybe they won't do it. I have no idea. I don't know what Vince McMahon and the WWE plan to do, what they think of the broken gimmick. I can't believe anybody wouldn't like it, though, because it's so good and it's so entertaining and Matt Hardy is so good at it. My point being that you don't need to bring Matt Hardy in as broken Matt Hardy straight away. You tell that story again because it's a great story to tell. And that way everyone can be involved because there are more people watching WWE than there are, you know, other promotions that have done the broken stuff. So some people won't know about it, which is a travesty to begin with. So, you know, making sure they're aware and they understand it and them getting able to take part in it as well. Look, if it doesn't happen, is it disappointing? Yes. And it's as, you know, it's as disappointing for us as I'm sure it would be for the Hardy Boys themselves. I'm sure they would love to give that a go in the WWE just to see because it would be so intriguing. But I don't think there's any... I just, I'm going to bring this up just because I've seen a few, a few people who seem to think, oh, it's WWE don't want to do it. Absolutely not. WWE, they get it, I'm sure. I'm sure there's just other things around it, but... We'll see. We'll see what happens. But my point being, the Hardys right now feel like some of the biggest stars on, on both brands. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I do think the superstar shake, apart from them using the term superstar shake-up way too much, was, I think it's done a good job. I, I mean, I, I do find it weird. You know, the main event for, for, uh, for SmackDown was Corbin versus Styles versus Sami Zayn. And the winner would be... Um, would be the US number one contender. Now, obviously, Sami Zayn took the fall because we're back to normal with that. And, and, and you know, Styles is now number one contender. So he's going against Kevin Owens. Maybe you do Corbin versus Zayn. That's why they were in the match together. But if you do that, Zayn is never getting a win. They're high on Baron Corbin. He's a big dude. Sami Zayn, they don't really treat, like I said earlier, how people want him to treat. I think he gets... I think he gets mullered in that feud. <laughs> I think he gets absolutely mullered. But look, as I always say, I could be wrong. What do I know? I don't know anything. They, they can change their mind on a whim, should they so choose. It's up to them. But yeah, I mean, the two shows this week were mainly designed to, 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 to shake things up. And 
and get people, you know, get get new feuds going, which is important coming out of Mania because things do feel not done, but you do take a step back and you go, okay, you know, where where are we going with this? Who, who who's the next? Who's the next people you want to see put together? And now, any decisions you've made in your own head when you sit at home and fantasy book, you can now undo and take a whole brand new roster and think, right, I can actually do this and can do X and do Y and do Z before I can only do ABC. And you know that, that, that makes it more exciting. It makes it feel fresh. And it, it makes you intrigued to see where they're going with it all. But I thought, so, I, I, I enjoyed Raw 1 SmackDown. No, maybe I didn't. Actually, I think I enjoyed them both the same. I'm only saying that because Raw came first. I enjoyed them both. I really did enjoy, like I say, just the randomness of people turning up. And I think, as far as I know, I haven't I checked it earlier, but it was just me kind of perusing the internet. I think Raw did the third best rating this year as well, which goes to show people do like, you know, like a draft. They are, there is interest there to see where people are going to go. So hopefully, whatever decisions WWE have made, people like. And they're like, right, I'll hang around for this because I want to see, you know, I want to see where it goes i also think we should probably mention otherwise i'm i'm, I'm being biased i'm not biased I'm just not not giving parity we should mention that nia jack's also trying to kill charlotte flair on raw with that move i don't like criticizing wrestlers when they make mistakes because as a man who is training to be a professional wrestler i understand how hard it is and i understand when you're new which nia jack still is with all things considered it's not you know she, I mean, put it like this that probably sounds silly she didn't do that on purpose. She didn't go in that ring and thought, I'm actually going to hurt Charlotte Flair. She, she, you know, she was trying to have a good match. So I don't like pointing fingers, but at the same time, that was terrifying. And then Charlotte did it back to her. So that kind of all fell, fell by the wayside. That was also the segment with Sasha and Bailey, where, I mean, I think Sasha was insinuating she wanted a title shot, but that felt weird. And then obviously Alexa and Mickey James came out. I don't know. I, I think having Alexa and Mickey James there is good because, again, it just creates more feuds. And I know Tamina turned up on SmackDown as well. So I guess in WWE's mind, that's your two for two. With Charlotte and Tamina going to SmackDown and Mickie James and Alexa Bliss going to Raw. I would like to see Alexa Bliss versus Bayley. I think that's got an interesting twist to it. And then Mickie James. I don't know who she... Maybe Emma, someone like that. I don't know. But the good thing is, I'm repeating myself a bit here, but when Raw and SmackDown come around next week, it is going to be fascinating to see who gets paired with who. Because before this shakeup, we didn't know, we couldn't even guess. I mean, you, you could because I want Nakamura versus Reigns. But now you know that's not happening. Reigns ain't going nowhere. He's in the hospital with his one broken rib after being murdered because he's Roman Reigns and he's really strong. So you, you you can look at the battle lines now and decide what you want. And it does mean that Nakamura and AJ Styles are on the, on the same side. I'm just saying. So to me, I want them to build up. I mean, they're going to build up Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for next year's WrestleMania. Fine. I don't think it'd be that bad. I think Roman Reigns finally gets his big um, his big win, big win, inverted commas, and wins the championship in the way that WWE always wanted him to. And that probably spells the end for this incarnation of Brock Lesnar. But then hopefully, lower down on the card is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. If you've ever seen them go at it in New Japan, it, it's just amazing. Seeing what they'd be able to do on that stage at WWE with all those eyes on them, I think could be absolutely tremendous. So that's what I hold out hope for. I hold out hold out hope for that. And like I say, I think anyone with Nakamura, Kevin Owens with Nakamura, even Dolph Ziggler with Nakamura, I'm just intrigued to see it. They're fresh, they're new, they're exciting. You know, especially if you knew him before his NXT days, even if you didn't, even if you don't know him during his NXT days, 
He's something different. And I don't just mean that because he's jumped uh, jumped brands. He himself, as a human being, a wrestler, is something different. And something different is always exciting. We should probably make a note that, you know, people like Apollo Crews and Kurt Hawkins and to a lesser sense, Sin Cara, do feel like such afterthoughts at this point. It's really sad. Like you could have used this to say, okay, look, we don't want to undermine people anymore. We at least want them to have a skill. And you could say that Kurt Hawkins was very good at winding up the crowd, the decent enough promo, and then getting punched out by Big Show. You can well within your rights argue, well, that's an idea. And they did that idea. And they did that idea well. And you're right. But someone like Apollo Crews now does feel like a massive geek. And that's just the truth of the matter. He got, we got told that he was making the jump on a raw YouTube video. <laughs> he wasn't even allowed on the show. And I just think, especially someone like Apollo Crews, is still young and proved on the indie scene that he's got a lot of talent. It just seems really strange to me. To, 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 I mean, if you really have that little faith in him, why are you moving him anyway? But I'm hoping I'm proving wrong. I'm hoping it was a situation where they actually do have plans. But And this is fair enough. WWE were like, well, we can't do everything in two evenings. That will be overkill. And they're probably right. But yeah, anyway, the Kurt Hawkins thing, I think you could have done more with him too. Uh, I don't know what Big Show is at this stage. But he's the Big Show, so it's fine. You know, whatever. And, I, you know, now Callisto's back on Raw. Either put him on 205 Live, where they need stars. Iris and Neville are great. Uh, I thought TJ Perkins was good on Raw. Heel turn was nice. Or teaming back up with Sin Cara. Oh, you can't. Sin Cara's gone to SmackDown. Or has he? No, Sin Cara's gone to Raw. Oh, I'm confused. No, I think Sin Cara's gone to SmackDown. So he can't team up. So fine. Put Callisto on 205 Live. That division needs stars. Anyone you're not going to use on the main roster that looks like they're below 205, because that's out the window now. Put them on 205 Live. It needs stars. It's got some great guys in there. Like I say, Aries is great. Neville is great. TJ Perkins is good. Brian Kendrick's not being used right. But below that, Tazawa, uh, Rich Swan, Grand Metalik, who never turns up anymore. Not, not his fault. Um, so many people. Drew Gulak. There's so many good people on on that show but they they, they blend into the background because more or less they're not giving the time to let people know who they are what they do where they come from whereas Callisto everybody knows he's really good in the ring hopefully it sparks them doing more flippy shit which is what they need there's way too much ground pace fights in these matches sometimes because they're cruiserweights if they're too much like the main roster match it's just like what's the point why even have the division you're just taping those purple ropes for the hell of it could save that energy and, and put on anything else Anything else you wanted. But anyway, we'll see. I don't want to judge anything too quickly. Maybe Sin Cara, Jinder, The Shining Stars, Rhino, Heath Slater, Apollo Crews, Callisto, Hawkins. Maybe they all get wonderful. You know, maybe they come out the back of this feeling bigger than they did before. And that's the key. I don't really care if they win or lose as long as they feel more important because of this so-called draft. And let's never forget that Braun Strowman pushed over an ambulance with Roman Reigns in it. I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns right now, just to wrap up this week's podcast. He makes wrestling fun again because, you know, it's fun to boo someone, even though we're not meant to boo him, and he's meant to be a heel, a face, and it'd be so much more fun if we were being encouraged to boo him. He is a lot of fun to boo because of the way he reacts and because secretly he's actually really good at pro wrestling, but we won't give him the benefit of the doubt because of everything that's happened. And that, to me, is... Yeah, he's just fun. Every time I've got to the point now where I never know. A, he's always in the best segments, and that's because he's being pushed hardest, obviously. But I never know what's going to happen with Roman Reigns. Last week, he stood in the ring for 15 minutes, getting booed out of the arena, and then just said, this is my yard now. 
This week, he's cutting a promo about The Undertaker and how he was unreluctant. Then Braun Strowman kicked his ass at least three times and then pushes an ambulance over. Now, I don't think it achieved what WWE wanted it to achieve, but what it did achieve was fun. And Roman Reigns is always involved in that stuff, especially last week when he just got booed for ages. That was just, just fantastic. And that made me think as well, I really like Kurt Angle on Raw. It's so nice having a face GM. I'm so bored of the heel GM. You know, Kurt Angle makes good matches that aren't necessarily sickly sweet, like I'm doing this because I like you, because they make sense with stories that he's presented with himself. And it's just nice to see him back. Ideally, I don't think he wrestles till Mania. And then even after that, I think ideally he only does Mania matches, just given everything with his neck and other injuries. But if he passes WWE's physical and, you know, he he does everything, you know, it ticks all the boxes, it doesn't matter about his past. It really doesn't. As long as right now in April 2017, he's as healthy as can be and can get in that ring with no risk or at least no risk, you know, the least risk possible after going through the medical tests. Why not? I just think it'd be more exciting and he has more, uh, what do you call it? Upside wrestling less than wrestling more. Because it's the same way with all these things. As soon as you start doing it loads, it's just, it's, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns. That's just what happens. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's a pleasure to have him back. I love hearing people try and you suck. He seems happy. He's great on the mic. Yeah, just, just I, I love the face, the, the face GM dynamic. Because again, we've seen the heel version so much that when they switch it, it's like, yeah, I like this. This is good. Now, I realize I've rambled for a long of this, but kind of throughout this podcast, I have realized I'm super ill. <laughs> it's kind of hit me from nowhere. Like, I've been, long nights, long, uh, long days, burning the candle at both ends. I've realized, man, I'm, I'm really beat up. So we're going to draw it to a close there. I think that's everything that's been going on with wrestling anyway. It's a bit shorter this week than it will be usually. An hour is what we'll go for. Unless we get an interview, and I have put out a few feelers out there, so hopefully we'll have an interview with some wrestlers soon. But oh, I didn't say this. If you've made it this far, I should have said this at the start of the podcast. If you've made it this far, please go on iTunes, review, rate, five stars. The more you do that, the more we go up the iTunes rankings. It gets us in other people's faces, and hopefully we can, we can transform this podcast into something huge. We had really good numbers last week. Keep that on. The best way to do that is to let other people see it review, rate, subscribe. And if you subscribe as well, you'll always know when Simon Miller's pro wrestling podcast, Simon Miller even, my own name, has gone live. So you won't have to keep clicking refresh. And also, yes, we're on pretty much everything now. If we're not on a podcast application, drop me a line at Miller 316 Let me know and I'll make sure the podcast gets put up there. We're on Podbean and all of that now, thank goodness. Again, I'm at Miller 316 YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Steve forward slash The Miller Report. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, every even if you want to give me 50 cents, I don't know if you can get 50 cents, but even if you give me 50 cents, everything goes back into the stuff that I'm doing. Like I say, wrestling podcast every Wednesday. Video game podcast is probably going to be every other Friday. Keep an eye out for that. And the AMA podcast, if we can reach the goal on patreon.com forward slash Simon316, will be every other Friday after that. And on top of that, there's some other stuff going on as well, which you can uh, you can check out on patreon.com forward slash 316. So I'm in a 316. Now I am just rambling and gibbering. And obviously video content as well. My studio is almost set up. So you can keep an eye for all your Simon Miller related YouTube content at that YouTube. What I may do on a Friday, depending how I feel, I'm contemplating it, is just like a, a 60 to 120 second roundup of all the news in resting that week. Just well quick. Just throw it at you. See if people want that. 
And if you know what the Miller Report is, who's my alter ego, obviously he'll be back soon as well. Loads of videos from him. But as I promised, we're back. See, it can happen. Seven days after the first one return, we're a weekly podcast again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me into your life. I will be back in a week's time to talk all the things in pro wrestling. I'll try and watch some TNA Ring of Honor in Japan this week. I know New Japan had their big show recently, and apparently the main event with Okada was amazing, so I'll try and check that out. But either way, have a lovely day. Have a lovely week. I'll chat to you soon.